All right, everyone. So uh, today we're going to uh, start our seventh episode of Behind the Trades. And this is actually the first episode since I got back from my uh, month of traveling. I was in uh, Italy for a couple weeks, and then I was in New York City, and then I went to Las Vegas, and then San Francisco, and Sacramento, and Napa Valley. And now I'm back home getting settled in, so it's time for our Friday episode of Behind the Trades and get back into the routine of doing these episodes every Friday. So um, let's see, the topic uh, for today is how to turn around your trading and how to get out of a trading rut. And this is very topical for me, as many of you guys know, because I went through uh, a bit of a trading rut in the month of April. And I want to talk about how I traded through that period of frustrating trading and how I was able to get out of it uh, and redeem myself with $17,000 profit in the month of May. Now, you know, you may be watching this, those of you who watch um, or listen to the podcast or watch this, and it may be months and months later. So don't worry about, you know, April and May. What we're going to talk about specifically is how to handle going through a period of difficult trading how to create a game plan to get out of it, and how to follow that game plan and work your way out. All right, so um, let's see. I think uh, it looks like we're gonna have a, um, uh, a good uh, collection of people listening uh, on today's live broadcast, both on Facebook Live and in the chat room. So I wanna remind you guys that you can uh, participate in episodes of Behind the Trades by going to warriortrading.com slash show. When you go there, you can contribute um, questions um, that I'll answer. During this episode, I'll be answering three questions that have been submitted by uh, listeners of previous episodes. And I'll be sharing with you one story of um, one of our students who uh, submitted her story on the show page, uh, hoping that we would uh, share it with everyone. Okay, so um, make sure if you are interested in participating that you check out the show page over at warriortrading.com. Those of you who are watching on um, in the chat room, I'll put up the show page so you can see uh, what this looks like here. All right, so this is the uh, show page for uh, Behind the Trades. You can subscribe either on um, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, Facebook, etc. If you scroll down, you can see some of the latest episodes and you can see here how to be part of the show. If you have a successful trade story you want to share with us, I will share that with uh, listeners on one of our upcoming episodes. Or you can ask a question that um, I'll answer during uh, an upcoming episode. All right, so make sure you participate. And what I'll be doing for uh, the students uh, or traders who participate in episodes of Behind the Trades is I'll be giving away a gift on each um, live episode. All right, so the gift today is I'll be giving away one Warrior Starter Course. All right, the last um, gift here, the last one I gave away to a student or a trader, Eric, who was listening in. So Warrior Starter, 997 total value. All right, guys, so um, make sure you check out Behind the Trades, uh, the show page over on warriortrading.com. Now, let's jump into uh, today's episode. So as I said, the topic for today, episode seven, getting out of a trading rut. Then we'll, after I go over the topic, we'll go into uh, the viewer submitted questions for Ross, viewer submitted story, and the gift giveaway. 
All right, so uh, topic of the day, getting out of a rut. As you know, as I already mentioned, and as many of you may know from following um, my journey on YouTube, April was my first red month in a really long time. Now, my goal for the month of April uh, was, I think conservatively, I think conservatively $20,000, more aggressively forty dollars or $50,000. I mean, that's what I would have certainly liked to have been able to do. I was consistently doing forty, fifty thousand a month through um, April, through January, February, and March. So for April, I kind of figured, you know, twenty, thirty thousand should be realistic, and if I can get to fifty thousand, it'll be a great month. So halfway through the month of April, when I was um, break even, I was like, this is not looking good. This month is not coming together the way I thought it would. What's interesting is that I started the month of April. My first week of April, I made $12,700. That's a great start to the month. In the second week of April, I ended up losing $2,200. And I ended up, what ended up happening is I had um, that Monday and that Tuesday, I made 5,000. And then on Wednesday, I lost seven grand. So you know I started to continue the momentum and then I had this really quick drop I lost another $1,000 on that Thursday, and then into the next week, I lost money again. I lost $1,400 the next week, and I lost $4,400 on the last week of the month. So I went from being up 12,000 to just giving it back slowly, 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 until I closed the month down $4,000. My last day of the month, or the second to last day of the month, I lost $7,700, and it was, it was completely avoidable. I was getting myself, um, I was starting to get myself frazzled. I was getting myself frustrated that I wasn't having a better month. And I started swinging harder and harder for the fences, trying to redeem myself, trying to regain, you know, some profit for the month. And I was thinking, you know, with 20,000 shares, if I can get, you know, 30, 40 cents on this trade, I'll be up six, $8,000. That puts me back into the 10, 12, $15,000 range on the month. But of course, when you trade with big size like that, uh, you know, you're exposing yourself to a fairly steep drawdown and that's what kept happening. So what I wanna do is I wanna show you um, some of my metrics here for the, month of, um, for the month of April. It's not impressive. And something that um, I've said to all of you guys is that one of the big challenges for me uh, is that I, I certainly like any other trader, I have bad days, but I'm doing this live in front of, you know, seven, 800 people in our main chat room at, right at this moment, typically, you know, eight, 1500 or so on a regular day, plus, you know, 100,000 people on YouTube and 150,000 on Twitter. I mean, I'm being transparent and it's in front of so many people that when it doesn't go well, it's a little embarrassing. And I can't help but feel that added pressure that I have people watching. So, you know, one of the things that I committed to doing earlier this year was uh, documenting this entire journey from $583. That was my starting balance on January 1st. And as of right now, I'm up to like 113,000. And you might think that that's pretty impressive. And I suppose that it is, but I, get, I hit $101,000 uh, on March, I think it was March 8th, 
what? You know what? Let's just check this. Um, you know what? That's funny. It was March 8th, which um, was my dog's, my old dog's birthday. My dog that, that passed away. Coincidence, I'm sure. But in any case, um, on March 8th, I hit $100,000. So, <laughs> to, and today is June 9th. So from March 8th to April 8th to May 8th to June 8th here, I haven't made a lot of progress. So what's that about? You know, I moved, I moved up really quickly and then things have pulled back and I've kind of been flagging, you know, under high of day, just consolidating underneath the highs. So, um, you know, yes, the big picture is $583 to 113,000 is impressive. And during that time, I also uh, was taking some trades in uh, one of my other accounts, which I've since closed, I've consolidated to just trading in this one account now that it's a $40,000 account. I've been drawing out money when I, you know, uh, make enough to draw some out, but I'm up total about 150,000 on the year right now, which again, for June is not bad. That has me tracking it about 300,000 for 2017. I did 222 in uh, 2016. So to increase your annual trading profits, you know, from 222 potentially to close to 300,000, I mean, you know, that's a like a 30% increase. That you don't. There's no job in the world as a nine to five where you're going to get 30% increases in your salary year over year. But as a trader, you can if you really refine your strategy and you have the combination of um, good markets on your side, you can grow your account very quickly. And you can roll over those annual profits and see um, you know, increasing percentage um, you know, growth year after year after year, which is, which is definitely pretty cool. And I think that's inspiring and it keeps, keeps all of us uh, motivated to really work hard. But in any case, um, the month of April for me was not particularly impressive. I finished, uh, this is my TraderView uh, report here that you guys are able to see on the screen. Um, and I'm actually interested that I don't see day 28 on here, but, oh wait, no, that's day 27. I might have to check, but I'm, it's possible that there's one day that's not being imported, but, oh no, I think it's there, it's just a small gain. So anyways, um, we'll look at net gain instead of gross. If I look at gross, that's before commissions. So before commissions, I was flat on the month, basically, is what this is showing. We'll go to detailed here. I lost $600 in the month of April, uh, not including commissions. When you include commissions, um, that's when I'm down four hundred or $4,229. Okay, so obviously, you know, a little bit of a difficult month. So let's look at the kind of stats for the month of uh, April. My accuracy was 60%, all right? So 60% accuracy, my average winning trade, $781, and my average losing trade, $1,364. What does that tell you guys? I had a negative profit-loss ratio. In fact, I lost almost twice as much as I made on average. Sounds pretty bad. Well, it is. This is not sustainable. Statistically, it's not sustainable to lose twice as much as you make. If I had this profit-loss ratio, I would actually have to be right 66% of the time to break even. Flip that ratio to being right, to, to making 1,300 on your average winners and losing 
only 700 on your average losers, you only have to be right 33% of the time to break even. So that's a big shift. And obviously there's a ton of range in between. But the important thing to understand here is that you need a positive profit loss ratio. Having a negative profit loss ratio is not sustainable. So in the month of April, basically what I did is I kept stepping up to the plate and I kept swinging for the fences, looking for big home run trades and I kept coming up empty handed. So I was taking $1,300 of risk per trade, but I wasn't making $2,600 on my winners. I was only making 780 on my winners. Now let's contrast that against my best month of the year so far, which was the month of uh, February. So the month of February here, my average winners were $1,870 and my average losers, $1,318. So my average losers were almost exactly the same as the month of April. My accuracy was 68%. So my accuracy was a little bit better. But the big change here was that the average winners were $1,800 versus the month of April, which was only $700. So this shows me that my risk wasn't actually any different between April and February. What was different was that I wasn't getting the home run trade. I was stepping up to the plate and I was swinging for the fences. And in February, it was working. And I kept walking away with winner after winner after winner, finishing uh, with $60,000 in this small account, plus another 10,000 in my other account, $70,000 in one month. Now, accuracy was only slightly better. The big difference was the profit-loss ratio. So as I finished the month of, uh, of April, I knew that I needed to do something different. I knew that I couldn't have another month like this, um, you know, that this was not sustainable. When I looked at my profit-loss ratio and realized my average losers were, you know, twice my average winners, this was not going to last. I, I had to do something fairly drastic to make a change. So that's when I flew to Italy. I flew to Italy and I said, all right, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go into trader rehab. I'm gonna make a game plan for how I'm going to get out of this trading rut. Because the reality is in the month of April, let's see, let me switch here to uh, the overview and the calendar. In the month of April, I closed three weeks red. I had three consecutive red weeks. I mean, that for me is almost unheard of to have that happen. So I was like, I need to do something different going into the month of May. I need to change my focus. My focus through the month of April was looking for home run trades. I was trading with pretty big share size. Let's look at my average number of shares per day. 53,000 shares per day, right? So I was trading with, uh, you know, and that was on a total of 66 trades. So in the month of May, I created a rule. And the rule was that I wouldn't trade with anything more than 2,500 shares. So instead of trading with 20,000 or even 25,000 shares, I was limiting myself to 2,500. I said that the problem here was that I wasn't getting the big winners, so I needed to reduce my risk. I can't control how much a stock is potentially going to go up. I can't control that. But I can control how much I'm willing to lose. So I said I'm going to take 2,500 shares and I'm going to stop out. $500 max loss. I'm going to keep my stops really, really tight. Those are my two rules. Small share size, 
tight stops. And then the third rule, I guess, was that I would focus on uh, buying pullbacks, buying better quality setups and not chasing uh, stocks that were squeezing up. Making, uh, oops, let's see, applying those uh, three rules. Let me show you the stats for the month of May. What you'll see is that my statistics are much, much healthier. All right, so in May, I finished with, let's see, detailed here. As you can see, this is a trader view report, $16,965. My average winners, $445. Now, my average winners were actually smaller than the month of April, but I made more money. How is that possible? My average losers were only $213. So from $1,364 down to $213. I tightened up my risk. I mean, my, my risk was like, I mean, 20% of what it was through the month of, of April. Much, much better. Small losses. And even though I wasn't getting any big trades, my profit loss ratio was two to one. Two to one. $200 average loser, 450 average winner. My accuracy was 65%. Okay, so this right here uh, is, these are the, the metrics of a successful trader. These are sustainable metrics. Now, my average trading volume was 47,000 shares, and that's because towards the end of the month, I allowed myself to come out of rehab. So I said, for the, I think it was for the first two weeks, I was in pretty strict rehab, and then I started to say, okay, you know what? You're doing a good job. You've kind of reset things a little bit. Confidence is building. I'm gonna start graduating out of rehab, increasing to 5,000 shares per trade, and then increasing to 7,500. And I think I topped out at 10,000 shares by the end of the month. But I was also trading a little bit um, a little bit more. I took 78 trades versus I think 60 something for the month of, uh, for the month of April. So the interesting thing here is that, um, you know, this for me, it my success in May, was not about finding home run trades. I didn't in fact hit really, I hit one. My biggest winner was uh, $4,636. I had one home run trade in the month of April, or yes, uh, the month of May, sorry. But my largest loss was only $700. And that was really the big difference. So what did I do to get out of that trading rut? I had three consecutive red weeks and I lost, you know, over that period of time, I was up 12,000 and then I lost, um, I guess, about 16,000 because I closed the month down four grand. So over three weeks losing $16,000, I realized this was not something I could continue to do. I needed to make a change. And so I reviewed my metrics and my metrics showed me that my average losers were twice as big as my average winners and I knew that that was the source of the problem. That was not sustainable. I understood the reason that was happening was because I wasn't getting home run trades. But the reality is I can't force myself to have home run trades. I can't, I mean, the market is what it is. I get into a trade looking for whatever I'm looking for, but I never know exactly how much I'm gonna get. But what I can control is how much I'm willing to risk. And that's what I decided to do through the month of May, was conscientiously make the decision to not risk more than $500. I had one trade that exceeded that where I lost 771. And it happens, I got a little bit of slippage. That's fine, I'm not gonna beat myself up for that because overall, the big picture is that I created a plan, I followed the plan, 
and this was the result. $17,000. Now, although this uh, was my second worst month of the year, because $17,000 is a fraction of 70,000 in the month of February, this was a month where I cleaned the slate. I created a plan for how I was gonna get out of the rut, and I executed the plan. Now, one of the challenges that a lot of traders face is we, if you're able to make the plan, you know, which a lot of traders aren't even able to make the plan, being able to make the plan requires understanding what your metrics are. So if you don't know your metrics, and a lot of traders might not, you're definitely at a disadvantage. But when you're at the point where you understand your metrics and you're able to sit down and make a game plan for how you're gonna get out of this rut, what's the biggest problem that most of you guys face? It's following the rules. It's sticking to the plan. And I get that 100%. In fact, my first day of rehab, <laughs> I relapsed. The first day of rehab was the day I lost $7,000 because I I remember I was I, I took a trade and all of a sudden I was down like two grand and I just got frustrated. And I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna make, I'm not gonna get myself back to break even by trading with 2,500 shares. That's just not gonna happen. So I'll take 10,000. 10,000 shares, 20 cents, I'm back to break even. I didn't go back to break even. I went to being down $4,000. I lost another 20 cents. And then I said, you know what? I can get myself out of this. Next trade I see that looks really good, 15,000 shares, I'll bounce right back up. 15,000 shares, 30 cents. That's all I need, back to break even. And is that what happened? No, of course that's not what happened. Because I'm now getting emotional, I'm getting frustrated. And I've had traders on YouTube say, Ross, you know, you're, you're pathetic. Why am I even looking at your, uh, your midday recap or you know, your behind the trades episode? You're trading emotionally. There's nothing to admire there. And I can um, appreciate that criticism, but the reality is, you know, e even for myself, a trader who's been doing this for years and years and years, I can be profitable, I can do really well, but I can still fall into the habit of getting emotional. It's very hard to completely disconnect yourself from that. Uh, I've talked about this quite a bit. You know, with trading, when you make a mistake, you lose money and you know you're you get that immediate feedback from the market that you were wrong and and that seeing that that cost is like four thousand dollars or five thousand dollars it's difficult to not get a little emotional in that response now you know i watch um you know reality tv shows and stuff like that and one of the shows that i love watching and of course reference this a million times is the deadliest catch and one of the things that you sometimes see, um, and I saw this on one of the recent episodes, one of the uh, boats decided to go up towards uh, the Russian border. And he, he said this is you know a gamble. I think he set like, all his pots way up on the Russian border and he didn't know if they were gonna get anything in return. Now, as it turns out, he was right. And he came out you know with lots of crab, which is awesome. But if he'd been wrong, he would have spent I think it, they said $40,000 in fuel and uh, operating costs to get all the way up to Russia, only to set all his pots and then pick them all up and have them be empty. And so the net loss there could have been, you know, $70,000, $80,000. Now, would he feel the same way that I feel on a trade where I lose $7,500? And I'm not sure that, that they would because there's a little bit of a disconnect. You know, you're not having that immediate response from the market that 
you know, you just lost 5,000. And so how do you react when you have that immediate loss? Well, the first thing is just, you know, maybe to revenge trade and, and swing for the next thing that pops up. Well, you can't really do that with, with crab fishing. You know, you just inherently, because of all of the time built into, all right, we gotta re we gotta refocus. Where's the next place we're gonna set this next string? You have, you know, hours and hours to think about it, and that gives you that kind of downtime to slow down, to kind of, you know, regroup and come up with a logical game plan. It helps disconnect that emotional response that traders can execute instantly. With the press of a hotkey, we can have an emotional response and be long 30,000 shares. I mean, it can happen so quickly. So with trading, that momentary lapse of judgment, which is sometimes caused by a quick loss and an emotional reaction, it can be devastating. You know, I, I, I can't help but on a day where I lose $5,000 or $8,000, feel like, you know, feel like a jerk. Like, what is wrong with you? You, know, you just lost more than most Vermonters make in an entire month. Like, you got to be kidding me. And I wonder if I beat myself up more because it's that loss is so directly connected to, you know, you when you have a bad trade, you lose money. And when you lose money, you don't feel good. Whereas with some of these other uh, jobs like fishing, you know, you set a string, it comes up empty. Yes, there's a there's a cost connected to that because there's the cost of fuel and this and that, but it's not like you're going and trying to pick up dollar bills. Like it's just a little bit more disconnected, and I think that that might help um, not maybe feel as emotional or as frustrated when you have a bad a bad string. And I could be wrong. It may be just as frustrating. It may be even even more frustrating. I I could be I could be wrong. Uh, but I know for me, for sure, one of the things that's challenging is the fact that if you have a bad trade, you can jump right back into the market two seconds later, and you can just keep doing that. You could do that all day long until you're down $100,000. And usually with most other careers, there's some type of built-in mechanism of time where you simply have to wait, and that allows you to cool off, collect your thoughts, and then come back um, a little bit more composed. So as we started the month of June, um, I couldn't help but feel frustrated that through the entire month of April and the entire month of May, I really didn't have any home run trades. You know, I had this one $4,600 winner in May, you know, but I didn't, I ha it's been so long since I had an $8,000 or $10,000 day. My best day of the year is $22,000, and I had set this goal that at some point this year I would have a $30,000 day because the worst day I ever had was losing 30 grand, and I'd like to be able to match that with an equally good green day. Uh, at the end of the day, in the last 18 months, uh, I'm up like $350,000. So if I don't have a $30,000 day, that's not the end of the world. It sure would be nice, but it's not the end of the world. Uh, when I had that $30,000 loss, I was definitely in the position of, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep trading. This is so devastating. And I'm going to, when I talk about Jessica's story in a few minutes, uh, she has a really similar story. Um, and uh, it's relevant to what we're talking about today, that ability to bounce back and get back on the horse. But uh, having gone through the month of April and the month of May without any really big like home run trades, I couldn't help but start to feel a little impatient. 
And uh, earlier this week, I started getting more aggressive on my trades. I started taking 10,000 shares right out of the gates. And I even took uh, 25,000 shares of, of a trade on uh, Wednesday. Only made 680 bucks on it, but I started to be a lot more aggressive. Trade with 15,000 shares uh, again on Wednesday. On Thursday, I trade with 20,000 shares and I lost 30 cents. Three times two, I guess I lost 25 cents. Three, uh, you know, three, well, 30 cents times 20,000 shares is $6,000 and I lost 5,400. I let impatience get the best of me. Was it the right setup to be super aggressive on? No, it wasn't. I was just, I was just feeling impatient. I was feeling like I, it's been so long since I had a big trade and I felt that I mismanaged a trade on Tuesday where I made only 1900 bucks because I felt that that was the type of trade I should have made um, four or $5,000 on. So when I saw a similar setup on Thursday, I jumped in with big size. And as a result, I took uh, a pretty unnecessary loss. So here we are at the very beginning of, um, of June. It's June 9th now. And I've already gotten myself into a hole for the month. And it was essentially due to a momentary lapse in judgment. Now, today's trades are not factored here into uh, the month. This is literally just this week of trading. Uh, so as of right now, I'm down probably 4,600 bucks on the month. So this is essentially right now looking like I'm, I'm, I'm red equal amount as the month of April. The good news is that I still have three weeks to redeem myself. So how am I going to do it? How am I going to redeem myself? My average winning trade so far is $484 and my average loser is 1070 now that's a little unfair because a five thousand dollar loss when you've only had 25 trades severely draws down your your average but right now my average is only 500 dollars average winner and a thousand dollars average loser that's not a good ratio my percentage of success on 25 trades is 56 percent 14 winners and 11 losers which is also not impressive this is a small piece of data so it's not as um you can't draw as many conclusions as you could from uh from a larger string of data but uh, right now this is not this is not very good so what am i going to do to get myself out of this little rut that i've kind of gotten myself into here i'm going to do the same thing that i did uh in the month of may i'm going to focus on base hits now i'm going to reduce my share size a little bit maybe down to 5,000 shares, but uh, I'm perfectly willing to take 10, 15, or 20,000 shares if we see an A quality opportunity. But the reality is we haven't seen a lot of those in the last two months. So the smart thing for me to do is just to scale back, to focus on the base hits. Let's think of this, uh, you know, my kind of trading account or even the month of June as a wall, a stone wall. Well, that wall just got knocked down by 5,000, you know, stones. There's a couple ways I can rebuild. I can rebuild, you know, one little pebble at a time, which is, you know, $50, $100 winners. That's going to take me a really long time to build back up. What I'm going to do is just focus on base hits, you know, 2,500, 5,000 shares, capturing 20 cents a profit. That's 500 to to $1,000. 
Even though my average winners right here are the same as they were in the month of May, I allowed my average losers to get too big. And my accuracy dipped probably because I was being too aggressive. Scale back, tighten up the stops, focus on eight quality setups, and what I expect to see is a shift of the average losers getting much smaller. My accuracy going up, and even if the average winners don't increase a lot, because the losses are smaller and accuracy is better, I'll finish the month in better shape. That's the way to do it. I've been here before. I've been here, uh, you know, through at the end of April, but I've had individual days where I had a big loss. I had to regroup and, you know, come back into the market with a game plan. And then most importantly, follow the rules of the plan. All right. So, uh, you know, if I scroll back here um, through January 1st, you can see big picture, broad stats, $113,000. And this is only for the account that started with $583. So from $583 up to $113,000, average winners, 974, average losers, 998. So my profit loss ratio right now is about one to one, but my accuracy is 67%. If your ratio is one to one, if you lose 100 on average, you make 100 on average, over 100 trades, what's your accuracy need to be to break even? 50%, right? 67% is profitable. So this is fine. These are good stats. If I looked at a student who had these metrics, I'd be like, it's good. Your accuracy is fantastic. Your profit loss ratio could be a little bit better, but your accuracy is good. Best way to improve the profit loss ratio is to tighten up the stops. That's the best way to do it. So that's my goal here for uh, the month of June as I work my way out of this small rut. This rut is not as bad as the rut that I had in April because April was three consecutive red weeks and it was emotionally kind of just draining. Since then through May, I had one, two, three, four, five consecutive green weeks. And now this right here is my first red week since those five green weeks. So my goal for uh, the end of next week Close the week green, even if it's only by 1200 bucks or 1500 bucks or 2000 bucks. Just close the week green. This is a marathon, it's not a sprint. Marathon. If you can focus on these small, consistent base hits, keeping your stops tight, then inevitably you will get a trade that ends up being that home run trade. Or we'll get into a market where we'll see a stock like DRYS that goes from you know $12 to $50 and you'll be able to really capitalize on it. And you'll have that one day where you make $22,000, or maybe I'll have that day where I make $30,000. But in the meantime, I'm gonna focus on rebuilding this wall one brick at a time. And at a certain point, I'm gonna get up to uh, you know, the level where the wall has never been this high, and now I'm you know, making new ground. And I'll just continue to do that one brick at a time. All right, so now what I wanna do is um, switch gears here and uh, answer some of the questions that students submitted this week at warriortrading.com slash show. All right, and this is a picture here of, um, of me over at uh, our inner circle session and uh, working with a couple of students. We've got a bunch of pictures that we'll be showing um, over the next few weeks. All right, so uh, the first question, and again, if you have questions, you can submit them on uh, warriortrading.com slash show and I'll answer some of them next week. Um, alternatively, if you guys wanna put in uh, questions in the comment section of 
um, YouTube or Facebook, I'll come back through during the week and answer some of those questions. So uh, I love the, the questions, the thumbs up. Uh, those, are, those are really cool. Okay, so uh, first question was from Mark. And Mark said, what is the safest entry on a stock that just hit my high of day momentum scanner? So I get this question a lot. A lot of our students are using high of day momentum scanners. Of course, I have my uh, proprietary uh, scanner set right here that I share with a lot of our students, but a lot of traders you know, all over the place are using these types of scanners. So when a stock hits the high of day scanner, the first thing I look at is the details. Before I even pull up a chart, I look at the details of the alert. Now, I've filtered these alerts, so I actually have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different scanner sets all searching the market and giving me the results in the same window. Now, I can tell by reading the strategy name which alert is being triggered. My favorite alert is massive volume on low float stock because that's a massive imbalance between supply and demand. And those types of imbalances can create parabolic moves uh, in the range of 100, 200, or even 300% in a single day. Now that doesn't always happen when I get one of these yellow alerts, but that's the potential. So I'm really quick to check those ones out. Now in the case of MOSY today, this didn't hit the scanner until 164. Now I was already in it at 150, because a student in the chat room called it out and said, hey, take a look at this. I think it's a good setup. I think you'd like it. I pulled it up and I was like, yeah, you're right. It's great. I'm going to jump in. And of course, that's the value of being in a community of you know thousands of traders all looking for basically the same type of stocks because for the most part, we all trade the same strategies. So MOSY, it hits at 10.06. And the first thing you'd see is that, okay, it's high volume and low float. The float is 5.26 million shares, so that has some good potential. Total volume on the day, 370,000 shares of volume. It's a little on the light side, but it just made this big move, all right? It's up 16% on the day. So the first thing I would do is I would look at the one-minute chart. I'd look at the five-minute and the one-minute, and I would check the daily. Are we running into resistance? And the answer is no. This one has lots of potential. It doesn't have any resistance until the 200 exponential moving average. So what I would look for is the first pullback. Now, if by the time I'm getting the alert, the stock has already had a good one minute pullback, I have to wait for the five minute setup. In this case, we basically just squeezed up from 140 all the way up to 170. And then we started to pull back. So I would have said, okay, this looks good right here for the first one minute candle to make a new high on this one minute micro pullback and the entry would be 164 in the case of this stock. And in fact, even though I was already in from 150, I added 5,000 shares at 164 because I felt so confident in this one minute micro pullback. I ended up selling as it squeezed up to 175. Now, if you're in the case where let's say it doesn't hit your scanners until it's hitting 175 right here, maybe it didn't have enough volume to hit the scanner before for whatever reason it, you didn't see it, then I would say, okay, it's already had the first one minute pullback. I can't trade on the one minute chart at this point until it has a five minute pullback. So then I would wait for the five minute pullback and that would be a pullback down to the, our nine exponential moving average or maybe the VWAP. And I would say, okay, I'm gonna take an entry for the first five minute candle to make a new high. And I did. I also took that trade. I got in at 168. 
and I sold on the move. It went up to a high of 180. I sold at like 173. So, you know, in total, I made like 1200 bucks on this trade and it was, um, it, was a, it was a good, easy trade by focusing on the right entries. One of the biggest mistakes for beginner traders is they see the stock hitting the scanner and they just buy it. So when, let's say when it first hit, they just, he just bought it at like 170, way up here. Well, now he's in high, he's bought it high and it's gonna pull back. And now as it pulls back, he's red. So the safest way to trade these is to wait for the first pullback, whether it's on the one minute or the five minute time frame, And that really just depends on your probably personal trading preference. Okay, so um, that answers uh, Mark's question. Let's see, next one. Um, Andrew, he said, I keep struggling with selling winners too soon. What should I do? This is, I mean, this is for sure a very good question. Um, I've, I've struggled with both selling winners too soon and not selling them soon enough, where I end up being up. Even, in fact, the stock that I lost $5,000 on this week, I was up four grand on it and I didn't take the profit. And then I also didn't stop out when I was at break even and I ended up losing $5,000. That's a $9,000 swing top to bottom. Now, one of the things when I talk about Jessica, um, this, she's the student that submitted a story this week. Um, one of the things that um, she talked about is the fact that upon taking a really big loss, say in the instance of losing $5,000, she realized that just as quickly as you can be on the wrong side of a trade, you can be on the right side of the trade and you can be up 5,000 or 9,000 or $10,000. The market has that potential. It's about you positioning yourself on the right side of the trade. So uh, Andrew, you know, for me, there's a couple things you can do. If you're in the habit of selling your position too soon, and a lot of our students have gotten into this habit, one of the things that I've done that's helped me get out of it is instead of selling the whole position when I'm up, um, you know, whatever it is, 300 bucks or 400 bucks, I only sell half. I sell half my position and I hold the rest with a stop at break even. So that way I kind of like, I kind of give in to that instinct to take profit, but I keep another piece for the bigger move. That works really well for me because I like to say that I'm an income trader. I'm not trading speculatively in, in a long-term retirement account that I can't touch for 30 years, right? I'm trading in an account that if I make money, I can draw that money out on Friday and, you know, <laughs> go do something fun if I want to go down Rhode Island or I don't know, do, you know, do something fun. So for me, or even just pay a bill, right? So for me, it's important that I take profit when I have three, four, five hundred $500. And that's why I sell half. I sell half and then I hold the rest with my stop at break even. And if it comes back down to break even, well, that's fine. I'm out the rest. But more often than not, if you have good setups, if you have good entries, you'll sell half and then you'll sell the other half as it continues moving up. And the way I usually do it is I sell half and when it's up 20 cents, I sell another half when it's up another 20 cents. So now I only have a quarter left and then I sell another half and I keep doing that until my share count is so small that I might as well just sell the rest. All right, uh, last question uh, from Jared. What's your opinion on trading in an IRA account? Um, well, that's actually, like I just sort of mentioned, an IRA account is, I think it's awesome because you know you don't pay taxes on the gains at the end of each year. So I certainly love that idea. You can build up the, the, the balance of your IRA. 
And for me, what I would probably do, I'm not trading in an IRA, but what I would probably do is I would build up the balance, you know, whatever, have a $25,000, $30,000 IRA. Every time it got up to, you know, 50,000, I would take out 15 or 20,000 of that and put it into mutual funds. And I would just keep building it up and then putting away into mutual funds, building it up and putting it away. Because all that money you're putting away with compound interest over the next, well, depending on your age, until you can retire, will just continue to grow. And you don't need 150 or $300,000 in your day trade account. You just don't need that. You're fine with 30,000 for the majority of us. So that's what I would do. I would just keep building it up, taking the gains, putting it into the long term. But the fact that you can't take that profit out at the end of each trading day or at the end of a really good week could start to make you a little bit more speculative where you're like, you know what, I'll just hold this for, you know, I'm red on it, but you know what, this isn't my retirement account. I'll just hold it. Uh, it'll probably bounce back. So you just have to make sure you don't allow that to uh, encourage you to form bad habits of holding positions too long or starting to just be more speculative with your trades. You have to follow a set of rules and you have to continue to be in touch with your current trading metrics. Are you trading at a level that's sustainable long term or you know, are you starting to be um, a little bit aggressive? So that's, that's basically um, you know, my feedback on uh, trading in an IRA account. I think it's a great idea. You just wanna make sure that you've, um, you know, you've positioned yourself uh, in a smart way and you know, that you continue to follow a certain set of rules. Okay, so um, those were the three questions um, that we, we had a ton submitted, but those were the three that I thought would be the most relevant um, to other students and traders who are listening. So again, if you want me to answer one of your questions next week, just go to warriortrading.com slash show and I'll answer uh, a question. Okay, now, um, viewer submitted story of the week. All right, now I got an email from one of our students, Jessica. Actually, she's not one of these students here. This is a picture uh, from our Inner Circle uh, seminar in Las Vegas, which was a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to the next one. So anyone who wants to fly out and uh, trade side by side with me for uh, a couple of days, definitely check out the Inner Circle. But um, so let me pull up this email from Jessica. So she's a student um, who's in our uh, Warrior Pro class and she did something very typical. She took a trade as a beginner trader and she was almost instantly down like four or $5,000 on it. She got into the trade and she was instantly down and she didn't know how to react to being in the red. She hadn't planned what to do when she takes a trade and it goes the wrong way. And so what she ended up doing was holding it and hoping that the trade would bounce back. Now, many of us have been there and what ended up happening is um, the company did a secondary offering overnight and in total she ended up losing over $25,000 on that one trade. And I'm sure that um, many of you have been in a similar position. I know that I have. And so she ended down $25,000 and for a beginner trader losing 25 grand, I mean, it's devastating. It's happened, it's happened to me. I know how devastating it is. I mean, it's, it's really an awful experience. And the natural reaction is to say, that's it. I'm done trading and I'm never trading again. 
I'm done with this, right? That's the natural reaction. And that's why 90% of traders fail. It's because they come into the market, they get burned and then they're out and they're like, that's it. I just tapped out, I, I blew my account, I'm done. This is hard, whatever. Um, but, and that's, so that's the typical reaction that most traders will have. Jessica had a different reaction. Her reaction was, if I can lose $25,000 that fast, I can make $25,000 that fast. The problem is I was on the wrong side of that trade. If I'd been short, I would be up 25,000. And so she saw this as an opportunity. She saw this that, uh, as an indicator of the tremendous amount of potential that the market offers, right? And so she realized she needed, if she was going to uh, capture any of that opportunity, she needed to refocus. And so she stepped back and, and that's when she emailed me, uh, originally asking if um, you know joining Warrior Trading would help her with um, you know, her education and stuff like that. And she was a little timid about getting back into the market because she felt like she had just had this really big loss and you know she just wasn't sure. So we said, I said, yes, you, I, this is a good opportunity for you to learn. What I will, would want you to do is to trade on a simulator. Don't trade with real money until you've proven in the simulator that you can be a profitable trader. And so she went through the Warrior Pro course and um, she traded in the simulator, you know, during that period of time. And over the course of uh, the next 90 days or so, she graduated from our simulator and she went back to trading with real money. And one of the things that she did is she forgave herself for the loss that she had had before she was trading with an education. She said, you know what? It's not going to be my focus to try to make back $25,000 in just one trade. Instead, even though she knew that was maybe the potential once she became a really successful trader, instead she decided to focus on building her account back up one brick at a time. So uh, when she emailed me um, her story, she's now been, she's now six months out from finishing the class and she's adjusted her daily profit target to $500 a day and she's been consistently making it. So although that may seem like $500 a day, like that's not a lot, the reality is that if she's able to maintain that level of consistency over the next year, she'll make a hundred grand. She'll more than pay off, you know, that initial loss that she took, you know, or the cost of her education or anything like that. And she now has a skill set that she can count on for the rest of her life. And so she basically what she did is she made that leap from being part of the 90% who fail to being part of the 10% who succeed. And she could have just as easily taken the fork in the road where she said, you know what, I'm done with this. And she would be a statistic of the 90% who fail. She decided to do something different than what most traders do. She decided to take this as an opportunity to dive in, to learn, to understand how she could have been on the other side of that trade and finished you know, those three days up 25 grand instead of down 25 grand. So I wanted to share that story with you today because um, you know, it's, to me, it's really inspiring. You know, it's a student who could have just as easily been uh, a failure. I mean, you know, a failed trader, but instead she made the decision to be successful. And I like to say that, um, well, this isn't always the nicest thing to say, but I like just to say that success is a choice. But by saying that, I'm saying that failure is a choice. But I think that people choose to fail when they either give up and walk away, which is, I understand the reasons for doing that. And sometimes that is the best thing. But 
I think that when you choose to trade from a place where you've been educated, where you've been trained, you're positioning yourself for success. You're choosing the path for success. And, you know, that's what Jessica did. And she's been able to, um, you know, totally turn things around from being a trader who lost money to now being a trader who's uh, consistently profitable. All right. So, um, I, again, I just wanted to share that with you guys today um, because I, I was really, you know, in, inspired by not only, you know, her story, but, um, you know, just the fact that she's one of those students who came into warrior trading having already lost $25,000. You know, she was already beaten up and we were able to um, give her the skills and, you know, put her back on on the right path. And so I'm really uh, proud of her. So if you have a story that you want to share with me, um, again, you can put this on, uh, submit it to warriortrading.com slash show. It doesn't have to be a success story. It could be a story of a, of a bad trade you had or whatever it could be. Um, I'll go through those and I'll share them uh, next week. Okay, so now um, I said that I would be giving away um, the Warrior Starter course to one of our viewers today. So what I'm doing is from all the viewers that submit questions and stories, out of all of those viewers, I'm choosing one to give a gift to. Uh, I'm not, it's just, it's randomly chosen, one person. So even though we only did three questions, there were um, dozens of questions submitted on the website over the last couple of weeks since we did our last uh, Behind the Trades episode. So uh, today's winner is um, Christopher uh, Lundberg. And I'm going to email him. I've got his email. So I'll email him and um, just let him know that he's uh, going to have access starting tonight to the Warrior Starter course. So he'll be able to trade in the simulator. He'll be able to trade in the chat room and he'll be able to uh, take classes one through four of the day trade course. All right, so um, if any of you guys want uh, the opportunity to um, win a Warrior Starter course, just be a contributor on next week's episode of Behind the Trades. All right, so again, um, I wanna thank you guys for all hanging out today. This has been a fun uh, Friday afternoon and um, we'll, um, uh, we'll end it here. I hope you guys all have a great weekend. And I will see you all first thing Monday morning. All right. So remember uh, to put in comments on YouTube and on Facebook and um, be a contributor on the show. It'll make it uh, more exciting for the next episode. Okay. So that's it for me. I hope you guys all have a great weekend. Oh, hey, I didn't see you there. Well, I was just working on the dream board for my next home run trade. Hopefully it comes soon. Until then, make sure you subscribe to get email alerts anytime I go live or upload new videos. Until then, happy surfing.